0: It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with producer Austin O'Neill. Uh, good show lined up for you today. As you know, each and every Wednesday, we have the postman, Steve Post, on. And uh, looking forward to talking to uh, Steve about last weekend's race at Martinsville. As much as I love talking about cup racing, we'll have to talk a little bit about it, I'm sure. Um, Dramatic finish last weekend at Martinsville, so we'll talk about that and more here on Mostly Motorsports today. Austin, how's your day going? Everything going okay? Okay get my microphone back over here no it's it's going good yeah so um uh, it's a big weekend of racing this weekend we got uh, the world of outlaw championship is going to be decided this weekend down at the world finals down at charlotte um let's start right there austin do, do you think that um
2: brad sweet is going to be able to hold on to the championship this year Charlotte's not one of his best tracks and it's one of Gravel's it's not one of Sweets' is best it's one of Gravel's best. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean it's 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 very close in the battle and it's it's going to come down to um, can Brad, you know, do what he did all year long and be really consistent. Um you know, I, I think he is is you know far capable of, of, of holding holding it off and, and picking up his fourth championship. But um, I, I think the momentum is 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 on David Gravel's side right now, and I um, I think this is finally the year Gravel can get the monkey off his back and, and win a championship, and 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 add that next to his, his Knoxville Nationals title.
1: I think uh, what we what brad needs to really do is just be consistent all weekend get good solid finishes don't you think i mean if if, if he wants to win the championship he, he can't think about trying to go out run david gravel he needs to just stay close to him don't you think each night
2: yeah i mean you're 16 points back and i believe it's from well, i remember the was I remember Rodman saying I uh, Williams Grove was like two points a spot so that's that's eight spots um you know going into the first night that you have to be um, if you're going to be behind them you have to be at least eight spots behind them without putting yourself you know in, into a bigger hole and, and and him taking the point lead you'll be you know tied at that point but um it's you're going to you're going to have to be you know one or two spots behind behind david the entire time if you want to if you want to have a shot you can't you can't run in the top five and you can't you know run outside the top 10 and um and expect yourself to be there is um there's a lot of pressure on 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 him right now and i think you know it's he can he can cope with it i mean he's won the nationals. he's won three championships now and he's you know one of the best you know drivers on the tour right now but it's you know you never know, you know, what this type of pressure can can do to somebody. Right. Yeah, no doubt. We talked about it a little
1: bit yesterday with Blake Khan who picked up his second Luxor ASCS National Tour Championship at the end of the year and, and you know this as well as anybody, right? Because I think didn't you didn't it cost you a championship there at uh, Lake Ozark Speedway the last time you went down there? Or where was it when you had a bad night and you were leading the points? Where was that? at? I had
2: three bad nights. Yeah. Got crashed by the guy that was chasing us in points, um, broke a motor and then had a water pump fail on the last night. So I had three bad nights, um, you know, that erased, uh, you know, a huge 100 point lead. Um. Yeah, it, it it's it can be a minor mistake uh, that can that can wipe it all out. I mean, look what, look what happened to him at, uh, you know, Williams Grove broke broken an axle, and you go from, you know, what fifty points to sixteen points, and, right. and, and if you go to the World of Outlaw Facebook page, like the last month or so, they haven't broke down or the last six races of, of the points lead uh or or difference and it was like 96 to 16 and and seeing you know how david knocked off uh you know a certain amount of points after each race was was really uh you know eye-opening to see how far he came back to to get to this point and and the short amount of time it he he got there yeah
1: well that rear end breaking that rear end at that last race um that was the that was kind of the dagger wasn't it i mean there was no way they were going to replace that rear end and um it just it's
2: it's kind of spiraled downhill from there wouldn't you think a little bit well they haven't raced since then but yeah Yeah. it spiraled at at the last time they hit there at the racetrack and um you know it's just that's just bad luck that night um it's if that if that doesn't break we're we're going into this and and you know talking about how can david david gravel win this and and what does he need to do each night And, and now it's um, you know, a little more realistic. You know, going into this weekend, and and you know, how can he win this? And um, you know, he's he's still second in points, so it's he's it's, his job's not over yet, and it's 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 about to be. Um, like he said on his social media post when he was getting his wristband last night at, at the track, it's it is one of the most important weeks of of his life and his career. You know, it, it,
1: it to me. Brad Sweet has held the point lead since March 26, is what it's saying in the press release here. It kind of sucked to get down to the final few nights of the the year and only have a 16-point lead. When you had, what was the most amount of points? What was his biggest lead? Do you remember what it was? Uh, It was probably 100 or so. A little over 100, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe. But it kind of sucked to be able to have to go into this final championship weekend here at, at the dirt track at Charlotte with a 16-point lead. Uh, it, it, to me personally, I just can't fathom what what's going through Brad Sweet's mind right now. What do you think is going through his mind right now when it comes to trying to win this championship do you, do you think he's a little nervous
2: i mean he might be but i i seen a stat today that i i didn't know that um it was one of the, the sprint card groups on on facebook and it broke down like you know comparing both gravel and, and sweet their age um their wins this year their career wins with the outlaws and there was like average finish or something else like that and um, I don't realize it, but Brad's thirty-six years old uh, compared to thirty with David Gravel, so he's been around this a long time, and he knows how to get the get the job done. And um, you know, I think the biggest thing going through his mind right now is, is one, is our equipment, you know, up to par, where we're not going to have a mechanical failure. Two, why why are we in this position? Position? How did we come from, um, you know, going into the Eastern sweep, you know, before uh, the two races in the Midwest and the National Open. Um, how do we erase, um, you know, a 96-point lead to 16? Why why do we continue to lose points every time we hit the racetrack? Um, and how can we fix that before we go into the World Finals? And 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 what is our plan to execute?
1: Right. Um, I, I'm reading here in the press release that he, at one point he had a 96-point lead, um, September 24th. So I, I don't know – that that's that's quite a bit of uh you you lose lot quite a few points right there between September 24th and now 96 points down to 16 points um i'm going to i'm 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 going to i'm going to stick it out i think Brad Sweet's going to win it this year i think he's going to pick up his fourth title do, do you have any feelings on that do you think that gravel's going to win the i want i want to
2: see gravel win it he's He's he's, he's always it. the bridesmaid in just about anything, or he's Mister, you know, bad luck. You know, he, he should have won you know a couple of Knoxville Nationals, you know, by this point, and um, you know, he's, he should have won some of the crown jewels, and just you know, bad luck or just isn't there. And um, you know, he's he's had some good title runs with Jason Johnson Racing, and um, you know, they had a a, a building year last year, and and he's dug himself out of a hole this year. Um, he's had a lot of just. Driver mistakes and bad luck, and just things not going his way, and he's and look what he's done in the past month, and and he's dug himself out of the hole to put him in this, in this position, and he's going to one of his best tracks. So, um, you know, I think you know, being on a momentum high is is the best thing for for anybody and any team, and um, it's hard to break someone's momentum and confidence um, when they're you know running like that. So. Uh, this is one of his best tracks. He's he's been to, um, you know, since he's been with the Outlaws. So, um, I think they can they continue what they have going on, and and he finally can get this championship.
1: Do you think that David Gravel was better in the forty-one car than the two car Todd Quarren's car, or, or what? What do you think he was better in, the forty-one
2: or the two?
3: Uh
2: I, I don't know. I feel like they might be. Without doing some 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 research on it, I think they're, you know, about equal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the only thing that, that the advantage, you know, being in Todd's car is Todd has the the checkbook that um, is well pretty much unlimited, and he can get anything he wants. And I think you know for Jason Johnson, it's it's a little tighter. Um, but they're still two of the best, you know, funded teams on the on the on the tour. So, um, yeah, I think over time. Uh, you know, even in the short amount of time he's been with both of them, he's had good success. So, um, they've won plenty of plenty of big races in, in both cars. So, uh, you know, he's in a pretty good spot right now. Yeah, Steve, he chimes in. He says, "Gravel can can look back if he does
1: not win the one night win when at Jackson, he hit the open the gate door. Do you remember that? That was Husitts. Was that Husitts? Yep. Hmm." That wasn't it, Jackson. See, I can't even remember that. What
2: did he do? Tell me about that. What? He I hit- think it might have been Austin McCarl hit the— It was one of McCarls hit the, the French stretch crossover gate for the fans and knocked it open, and, and Gravel was leading. It was the first night of the High Bank Nationals, and uh, came by and— Was he? Well, I think he crashed the first night, and then I think he hit the gate the second night. He had a bad weekend up there. Yeah, they debuted the all white uh, billion, uh, billion automotive car and just had the worst luck at at a home track.
1: Yeah, so uh, Dave Tyson uh, he chimes in. He said Brad Sweet has a has a very strong team and we very will be very prepared to obtain another World of Outlaw title. I, I, I'm kind of with you. Dave, I, I, I think that uh, Brad Sweet is going to come in here motivated and try to win this uh, fourth title again. Um, I, listen, the the listeners that are out there right now, how many people think that David Gravel is going to win? How many people think that that um, Brad Sweet is going to win? I want to know what you guys think right now. Um, Gravel and the one. Got screwed by the gate. What happened with that gate?
2: Did, 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 did the gate? Somebody, like I said, hit the gate, opened it, and two cars hit it. Right.
1: Well, that's that's not going to be. That's, uh, that was a bad deal up there, to be honest with you. Hey, hey, did you hear about old Tommy Estes being named the uh, competition director at USAC? What would you think about that?
2: Yeah, it sounds like he's going to take over the Silver Crown Series and and bring some new some new leadership and new energy to it and promise that or sound like they're they're promising new tracks and more dates and um, we've seen a recent uh, increase in car count uh, over the years both on dirt and pavement and I think they have you know we're losing a lot of the miles right now um, just due to some fairground um, you know leaders and, and board members but you know we have two left and. I think there's a lot of tracks that are, you know, half miles or, or in between that are, are historic that, you know, are owed a, a silver crown race. So I think we'll see, you know, see some more races. Um, you know, people were talking about I-70 and, you know, maybe Volusia and, and some, some bigger, you know, more historic places like that, uh, more races in you know, Pennsylvania. So uh, I think Tommy's going to do, do good things. He, you know, he did well at I-70 and, and Dodge City. So um, I think he, he has plenty of experience uh, on both sides of the fence and you know can hopefully make the series and, and give it the time it deserves well let me tell you one thing about tommy estes um
1: he has the utmost respect from the team owners and the drivers and i say this because i traveled with tommy for three years with the luxor ascs national sprint car tour doing the uh live broadcast back in the day in my early days with the with the uh so ASCS National Sprint Car Tour. And the one thing about Tommy is it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're Tony Stewart. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, he is going to treat everybody the same. And that's all you can ask for, right? I mean, w- w- when you go in and you know somebody is going to treat you just like they treat everybody else, that's the big difference between... Uh, race directors we've we've seen race directors around this area um on the local level play favoritisms and and we've seen it happen a lot of times over the years but i do i'm 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 pretty confident that tommy estes doesn't play favoritism and and that's all you can ask for right
2: yeah, or doesn't uh, get power happy and, and abuse their, their power and privileges. All, and, and privileges. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I never, I ran one race under Tommy's, you know, uh, leadership guidance. That was I-70 like this year, and, and I didn't have one one problem with it or one complaint. So, um, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of people that, that have a lot of good things to say about him, and, um, you know, hopefully he can, he can stick to his word and... And and continue that. I think this is a pretty good hire for Usac, don't you think? I I like I think so. I mean I don't, I I don't I never got to see Tommy, you know, back when when he was was you know doing this a lot and and was you know having success at it. So um, I can just take from what I hear from people and and assume this this is going to be good. All right. Hey, I I, I got to uh, shout out here real quick. Um, Ted Bacon
1: passed away today or maybe last night, I'm not sure, but um Ted was man, I'm telling you, Ted was such a, a good guy. And um I got to know him over the years, traveling with uh, Brady Bacon, traveled with the Luxor ASCS National Sprint Car Tour. And I got to know Ted quite a bit over those years. And it it just broke my heart today to hear of the passing of Ted Bacon Um, such a good guy, man. Um, it, it, it's just, when somebody that has been around for such a long time and done so much, he, you know, he was the first of three generations of drivers in the Bacon family and he was such a nice guy and I just hate it to hear the news that Ted Bacon passed away today um that that was a a little bit sad news this morning when i when i read that so uh we're thinking of the bacon family brady ciciana um leon uh, kelly we're we're thinking about all of you guys so we're uh a, a little bit um set back by the passing of ted bacon so anyway um also uh Steve Francis was named the World of Outlaw Late Model Series Director. Um, I, that, that's a pretty damn good move. Um, he, he'd been working with the World of Outlaws. He's a 2007 World of Outlaw Late Model Champion. Um, he's 10th all-time winning, uh, all-time winner with the World of Outlaws. He's got 28 wins. He's got over 300 wins in his career. He also won the World 100 um, pretty good hire, I think. Don't you think? With Steve Francis going to the the late model director with the World of Outlaws.
2: Yeah, somebody needed to take over Schumann's, you know, empty seat. Um, and I think you know no better than to get your your. At that point, I believe he was the tech guy, um, and he's he's you know he's kind of put uh, you know the Outlaws back in good light uh, when he took over that job, and um I'd be interested to see we're seeing a lot of you know. Past drivers, you know, make the transition to officiating or promoting, and and I think you know Steve has has seen it all and, and been through it all, and I think he's going to bring um, you know some good points and and some you know new light to the late bottle deal, and it should be pretty good. He's uh, you know well accomplished in just about anything he you know he's he's a part of. Yeah,
1: Steve's chimed in. I I know you said this yesterday, Steve. What about Dennis Moore Jr. becoming Garrett Williamson's new crew chief? DMJ, listen, man, that guy. I'm just telling you, that guy is just. He he's gonna be good for Garrett Williamson, I think.
2: Do do you know who DMJ is? No, but all I can hope that he's uh, he can stick around long enough. Uh, they uh they they've had a couple crew chiefs, you know, this year and the past couple of years, and they just haven't found somebody that can that can stick around and and be there for, for a while. And, and even in the short times that they're there with Garrett, they're, you know, Garrett's showing improvement. So if, if Dennis can, can be that guy that can stick around for a year or two and, um, you know, if Garrett can finally work with somebody one-on-one for a while. I think it's going to be good, but, um, I don't know much about him, but we're going to find out, you know, this weekend at Charlotte. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good guy. Uh, DMJ is,
1: um, makes me wonder what, what's going on with Seth Bergman. Because Seth
2: was kind of playing that role a little bit, wasn't he? Yep, he was He was there for a couple weeks and gone. Yeah. Along yeah. with a couple other crew chiefs that they had.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, before we go to break, I want to remind everybody about the new uh, 2023 Z06 Corvette that they're going to be giving away up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. All the proceeds go from this Corvette to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. This is a Z07 performance package. It's pearl white, metallic, tricot color. And they're going to give you $25,000 in cash on top of it to help pay for the taxes. This car has a 760 horsepower, 5.5 LT6 V8 engine in it. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. It's got an 8-speed automatic transmission in it and i'm telling you folks this is the closest thing to a real race car that you can get on the street again 760 horsepower that's a, a lot of horsepower for a street legal car and again this is the z07 performance package it includes larger tires wheels larger brakes aero package it's very unique to this Z06 Corvette, and it is just a beautiful car. And if you want to try to win this Corvette, all you have to do is go to winaz06corvette.com. That's winaz06corvette.com. Again, winaz06corvette.com. If you'd like to try to win this beautiful 2023 Z06 Corvette with the Z07 uh, performance package in it again they're going to give you 29 or twenty five thousand dollars, um and they're going to give that car away on august nineteenth, two 2023 and while you're there you can still purchase you a raffle ticket for the 2022 triple x chassis 410 sprint car that they're going to be giving away and it's not too much longer folks they're going to be giving away that uh, that sprint car on friday december 16th And if you'd like to buy raffle tickets for that Sprint Car, you can do so at SprintCarRaffle.com. That's SprintCarRaffle.com. It is a race-ready 410 Sprint Car, and it can be yours. And they're going to give you $25,000 in cash as well with the Sprint Car to help pay for the the taxes. So, and, and if you don't want to do it online, if you can't do it at sprintcarraffle.com, you could always give them a call at um, 641-842-6176. That's 641-842-6176. You can do it on online or you can do it on the phone. Either way, it's your choice. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Steve Post is going to join us right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas oil Products. It works. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer.
1: Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with producer Austin O'Neill. Kirk Elliott in the house today, hanging out with us. Joining us now on the show is the lead pit reporter for MRN on the cup races and the host of Wing Nation, Steve Post, joins us now. Steve, how are you doing, brother? I am
6: well, Scott. Hope all is well in Kansas City.
1: Uh, everything's going pretty good here. Um, it's a big weekend down there in Charlotte in the seven Oh four. Um, we were talking a little bit about it in the beginning of the show and I'd like to know your opinion. Do you think Brad sweet can hold on and win this fourth championship? Or do you think that, uh, Charlotte is a place where David gravel could overtake Brad sweet and win the championship?
6: Well, I think um, I think it's going to be a tall task. Uh, I think Brad Sweet is that good, but I think uh, Charlotte. If there is a place that that tends to lean a little bit in David Gravel's favor, this is certainly one of them. David is so good at this racetrack with so many wins, and he runs really good here. But uh, Brad Sweet's going to be tough to handle. I mean, you know, his consistency is always so good. And, and, and Scott, and and I heard you guys talking a little bit, and he had that rear-end failure up at Watkins Glen, or Watkins Glen, Williams Grove. Right. He had that rear-end failure up at Williams Grove. Prior to that, it was more than two years, July of 2020. So he ran the second half of 2020, all of 2021, and up until the next to last weekend of twenty twenty two with no mechanical failures, no DNFs. Crazy. I mean, when you think about that, Aaron and I were talking about this yesterday on Wing Nation. Aaron Everham and I were talking about Wing Nation. Is there a race car in North America that has raced regularly that has gone two years without breaking? I can't think of one. I, I'm like if there is, I'd be shocked. Mm-hmm. And you throw in it's the World of Outlaw tour, you know. It's it's it, it's not like you know just locking your car and load it up for your local, you know your local local quarter mile racetrack and 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 never touching anything and never doing anything and just keeping it locked in. This is bouncing all over the country. This is running against the best sprint cars in the world. Right. And this team, and that just shows how good the KKR team is. This team has gone more than two years and not had a DNF. And if I'm not mistaken, they finished on the lead lap in every race. And it also speaks volumes for Brad as a driver, not putting the car in harm. Mm-hmm. Is that number not mind-boggling when you think about it?
1: Absolutely mind-blowing, to be
6: honest I mean, with you. I mean, name a, if, if there is a race car, In the country that has gone two years without a mechanical failure that's been running regularly, I'll be shocked that yet there is one. If there's a second one, I'll be shocked.
1: Right. Yeah, no doubt about it.
6: Do you think think gravel, uh,
1: it it seems like in Austin's opinion that gravel might be a little bit better down at Charlotte than maybe Brad Sweet. Would you agree with that or not?
6: Yeah, I think David might be a little bit better at this racetrack, but if Brad gets his consistency back and runs podium, doesn't matter. Right. You know, I mean, that was the thing watching the numbers before the the problem at Williams Grove. And 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 we were talking about this since since about August. It was like th- this time Gravel would gain a little bit of ground and and the next time Sheldon would gain a little bit of ground. Mm-hmm. You know, but then Gravel would lose ground and then Sheldon would lose ground and then, you know, and then this one and that one Here's here's the challenge. I think Brad Sweet is perfectly capable of being top five, if not podium, all three nights at Charlotte. So that means David is gonna nearly have to run the table and, and 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 maybe hope sweet doesn't do that. Right. That's a that that's gonna be a challenge. I mean Dave, David might tonight jump out and gain a couple of spots, you know, take that sixteen point lead, you know, drop it down to eight or ten. But then Friday night, David might finish sixth, and Brad might finish third, and we go right back to the same thing. I, I Brad Sweet would be a he he had and, and David has done a nice job. David has nickled and dimed this thing over the last month, and then and then he got a couple of quarters put together with with the parts failure at Williams Grove. But I just think that Brad Sweet's a tough guy. You're, he, he is. A, he the, the problem of it is is. You, 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 you probably because I think I think Sweet can get three podiums or or at least three top five finishes. That means David Gravel needs to do the same thing three straight nights, and that's a tough task to do.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, not only uh, are we having the World Finals down at Charlotte this weekend, but the Oval Nationals is going to be taking place out at Paris this weekend.
6: Um, a big fan of the Oval Nationals, Steve. The, the problem I have with it, and I, and I love all forms of racing, it's just my bandwidth when it comes to this time of year <laughs> is tapped out. You know, I mean, we've got World Finals going on in Charlotte. I'm headed to Phoenix for all of the NASCAR final stuff. We've just wrapped up. They're running tonight at Millbridge, wrapping up the micro showdown here. Over at Carraway Speedway, the, the the Cars Tour, another tour I follow, is wrapping up their season. And so it's only... Um, the, the and, and I love Paris, been there just one time, thought it was a great, great racetrack and love what they've got going on down there. But you know, just, it, it's, it's, it's something that I don't get to follow as much as I would like to, just because there's so many things, there's so many things on the radar screen closer to the top, if you will.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, uh, Kevin Thomas jr. Has got to be probably the odds on favorite. He's won this race, uh, several times. Um, he has won it in, um, 17 18 and 2021 they didn't have a race in 2020 but cj leary won at 19 um but kevin thomas jr has got to be one of the guys that you got to look at as a favorite going into this to this race don't you think
6: yeah i think so ktj is just so good and he's got such a good record there at paris and you know remember i mean he's 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 got he's he's he started the season. He was going to run the full wing deal with the all stars, mm-hmm. and um, you know might might you know be be wrapping up the season here with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder as far as back to USAC racing uh, or back to non-wing racing as far as that goes, and and just looking to looking to create some highlights. So uh, Kevin Kevin is one of those guys you don't want to necessarily back into a corner. You know, because he'll come out swinging, and and I did, not that I feel that he's totally backed into the corner, but I think the way his season is unfolded, a big finish would 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 suit K T J really well as he goes into goes into all the California races. So I talk about the finish of the season in the open wheel sprint car and midget world; they're just going to get gearing up. You know, right. I mean, getting ready to get going again with another gear out in California. But I think uh, this this some pretty good momentum if if Kevin can uh, Kevin can 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 picked this one up again this weekend out there at Paris. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, other big news coming down the pipe uh, today, Tommy Estes named the competition director of USAC. What do you think about that hire?
6: Well, I, I think um, I any time you can get a steady hand at the wheel um, as far as a, a series director working within an organization, that's a good thing, and especially in a dynamic time like 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 honestly, like all dirt track racing is in, you know, the late model world is upside down. Sprint car world is still somewhat normal, but it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with high limits. The non-wing USAC world with, with, with with world racing group coming in with their extreme series um, and, and and USAC and and the silver crown series. um, I, I just think that this serves everyone in USAC well to have a name brand established good hand, solid hand on the wheel you know, Tommy's one of those guys that's got a reputation of treating everybody fairly. He's got a good reputation on all sides of the, all sides of the, the, the front stretch wall. You know, the fan side, the, the management side, and the, and the pit side on the opposite side of it. And I just think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see the speed. That, that, to me, is the challenge when you talk about changing and, you, and talking about the Silver Crown Series and adding races and adding dates. This all sounds really, really good but, but you got to make sure. And this is where a guy like Tommy is so good. You're in tune with your teams. You know, it sounds good to take a 12 race schedule and make it a 20 race schedule. That sounds good to you and I that are sitting here getting to watch 20 races instead of 12. But how does that work for the teams? You know, they budgeted for 12 races and are you going to, you're going to, you know, uh, jump them up in one year so. I'll be fascinated to see how Tommy does this. If there's a, if there's a, uh, if, if there's an, uh, a, a large significant growth or if there's a you know nickel and dime and add a couple races this year add a couple races next year and or, and see where you go and i think that's going to be interesting but i think that's the value of having someone like tommy he understands this
7: yeah you know about. he
6: understands that he understands that you've got to work with these team owners and these teams and and then fit it into the master schedule of everything going on in the world as well and um i'll be i i, I think that that's the value of having a guy like Tommy Eskies. I love, I love to hear that, uh, that Usac has got him. I think he's going to be a big asset for that group over there. I really do.
1: Well, and I think, you know, I traveled with Tommy for three years with the Luxor ASCS National Sprint Car Tour uh, back in the day, in my early years with the National Tour. And the one thing that I've always picked up on, and the teams, the drivers, the crew members, they all have a lot of respect for Tommy because he treats everybody the same. It doesn't matter if you're Tony Stewart or not. Um, If you come in there and you do something wrong, Tommy's going to treat you just like he would treat anybody else. And that's what you want. You want somebody that's going to treat everybody the same, right? Yeah,
6: you you want that that, and that over the course of time has cultivated respect. And that's what you want in a series director is right. that respect, that level of respect that you have for him, so that, you know, Tommy, Tommy will say, Hey, how about this? We're going to add Volusia in it. And because you respect him, you, you know, you're going to be more inclined to go to Volusia or, or add this race or add right. that or change this or do that, you know, be, and, and, and he's, he, he's earned that respect. And un, unless he changes the way he operates drastically, which I don't see him doing, he'll continue, you know, like I, I think, I I think this week is probably a lot of time for him to talk to the team owners, Mm -hmm. you know, and to gauge, you know, where are we at? Are we, are we peaked out on the number of races we can do? You know, can, can we do three more next year? Can we do seven more next year? And, uh, and it's those conversations and then those callings, those rulings on the road out there in the trenches that has built that respect where I just think that if you're looking to if you're looking to build something or rebuild something, which I think is probably where Usac's out with this thing, I think that is a great guy to have because I think it's a steady, calm, good hand at the wheel, and I think he's. Uh, I, I think I just I just when I was reading that this morning, I thought, man, that is that is that is a good hire for the folks up at Usac for sure.
1: We're visiting with Steve Post. His appearance is brought to you by Sage Fruit. We want to thank those guys for allowing Steve to come over here and be a part of the show each and every Wednesday. Um, so, we, we got to talk about it. We we burnt the entire show on Monday talking about Ross Chastain and his last lap at Martinsville. Steve, you've been around this game a long time. Have you ever seen anything like that before?
6: I'm trying to think when I've seen anything close to that. Right. You know, I mean, I think you can go Carl Edwards, and I know I know – I know uh, it was a failed effort, by the way, at, at Kansas. Right. Um, and and uh, Kyle Larson was a failed effort at Darlington last year when he stuck it in the fence. Um, but to have the move and to have it succeed like that, um, I, I don't uh, – Scott, I, I mean, being up there at Martinsville Speedway, I've never been in the presence of fifty or 60,000 people in stunned disbelief. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've, I've never – well, I, I had never been there until Sunday right and you're just you're just like what in the wide world of sports happened and then you watch the replay the first time and you think well the guy running the camera the guy running the video screen has sped it up you know and then you watch it the second time, and you notice those cars poking around the inside. It's like, well, no, it, it didn't. And it took like three takes. And you could you could even feel that in the grandstand, or up in the up in the stands there, or up in the, up inside the track, up in the infield on pit road. And I was out on the front stretch when they're playing it back with Christopher Bell. And Christopher, I was there. When, I was with Christopher when he got his first glimpse at it. And he was he he stopped the interview with me and just talked about how mind boggling it was. And watched it a second time, and was just like, that's unreal. That's. Uh, It's it's just one of those moments you have in time. I think it was uh, I think it was uh, Jeff Walk with the Athletic. I I think it was him that said this. You know, everywhere on the planet, Bobby Allison goes, he's asked about the fight in turn number three at Daytona. Right. Everywhere Ross Chastain goes for the rest of his life, he's going to be asked about that move. Mm -hmm. That's how spectacular a move it is. I mean, that's just. I, I, so to your question, have I ever seen anything like it? No, I've, I don't know when. I don't know the closest thing I have seen to it. It right. was unreal. It, it this to me, Scott. Race car drivers. I've said this so many times on so many different platforms. Race car drivers are wired differently than humans. Okay, just just the things you do. And Ross Chastain has wired another tier different than most race car drivers. Right. I mean, it's just it's it, it's insane uh, what he did there. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, are are you a little set back on a lot of drivers? And to be honest with you, Kyle Larson was the one that was the most vocal about it. Um, he kind of he kind of threw dirt on Ross Chastain a little bit there. Were you surprised by his comments after the race of Kyle Larson?
6: Yeah, I was. I, the the one that surprised me the most was Kyle.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: You know, because he's the one that did it at Darlington last year, right? Um, you know, I mean, got uh, Denny Hamlin's leading the race and Kyle just stuck it on the fence and let her ride. And Denny was up and blocked him. So, you know, Carl, uh, Kyle ran in the back of him. I was a little shocked at that. Uh, and, I, and I, and I still don't, I, I don't know my, I don't know what to, to make of it. Um, Cause here's, here's my take on this thing going forward. And, and everyone is like, we've, we've, we've got to legislate that out or we don't have to legislate out and everything in between Scott, I think first and foremost, There are, and I might be generous here. I'm probably being very generous here. There might be ten percent of the drivers in the cup garage that would even, ten percent of racers in America. I'm not going to make this a cup thing, right? Ten percent of racers who would even do that move, okay? I so I think that I, I so I just think that I don't think that most race car drivers are ever going to attempt that move. And then of that 10%, I think there's another 90% of those guys that hang it up in the fence, get into the wall too hard, don't get in the wall hard enough. And so the reality of it is, is I, I tend to believe that I believe it will be tried again in some form, semblance, or order. I believe it will be tried again, and I believe 99 times out of 100 it will fail as well, right. and it will kind of legislate itself out. Now, I could be wrong on that, but right. I just tend to believe that it, it it will it will take care of itself because there's such a small percentage of drivers who are even going to attempt that move and the ones that do are not gonna ease it into that wall quite the way that Ross Chastain did and get the good bounces along the way. Right. I mean that car's bouncing off the wall and if it bounces at a different time with that crossover gauge, you know, the next thing you know he's hung up there. And so I think some will try. I think a small proportion might try it in that situation. I think you've got to be in that situation, too. And uh, I I just tend to believe that it'll – I tend to believe it sort of takes care of itself. But to your original question, um, uh, there were some that didn't shock me. On the other side of the thing, Kevin Harvick raved about the move, and he says, and should NASCAR decide to outlaw it, that's a bigger feather in Ross Justine's cap but he didn't believe they should. So if if you're asking me, that move happens, where does Kevin Harvick and Kyle Larson fall on it? I'm totally inverted on what I feel the two of them drivers think about it. Those are the two that surprised me. Kyle's the one that surprised me that didn't like the move, and Kevin's the one that surprised me that did like the move.
1: Right, right. Do you think NASCAR will uh, do something about this and and penalize drivers that try to do this in the future? Do you think that will happen?
6: I don't think that they will do anything about it. My question is, is that when a car gets into the fence like that, does the caution come out? True. You know, I don't think they'll legislate against it. But when a car goes in the wall that hard, do they bring the caution out, nullifying the move? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I mean, and and there's some of this that's going to police itself in the garage area, too. You know, you, you don't want to be that guy that comes off the wall and is bowling for competitors. You know, I mean, but I don't think NASCAR, I, I don't know that NASCAR does anything about this. I, this, is, this is a tough one, you know. This is a tough one because you are you are getting ready to legislate out the single biggest move in the last 5, 10, 15 20-year history of NASCAR and the move that you are going to use in every highlight film for the rest of your existence, that's a tough thing for me to legislate out.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I'm with you. I I don't think NASCAR should do anything about it because, listen, the, the fodder this week has been nothing but Ross Chastain, and everybody's been talking about it, and that's only good for NASCAR, right?
6: God, it is an NFL Sunday. Right. The World Series is going on. The NBA is up and running. We got college football going on and on. And you watch, you listen to sports talk. I'm listening to sports talk in Charlotte, North Carolina, Mm -hmm. that doesn't do NASCAR. And they have mentioned, they're even in in punchlines, yeah, I'll just Ross chest, ain't it? You know, I mean, it is, it is, it's unreal. Sports Center's top ten highlights on a football Sunday, on an NFL Sunday, their number one highlight was Ross Chastain. Right. That's, he single-handedly has put the focus of the world, and I, I don't know that we'll see a ratings bump. I don't know that, you know, what, what the ratings will look like for Phoenix, but I know a whole heck of a lot of more people are going to be, maybe twinning over to the radio station where MRN is or or maybe checking their social media timelines and and Googling Ross Chastain to see what he's doing. I'm telling you what, he's put the attention of the, the the entire world on NASCAR and what a better time to do it going into our championship weekend at Phoenix.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. To give you a great example at our radio station, um, the guys that do the morning show, the afternoon show, the midday show, and the afternoon show, they never talk about NASCAR, never. But this yep. week, they were talking about Ross Chastain and the move that he made in the final lap of that race. And if anything, it's good to hear our people at our radio station talk a little bit about NASCAR because they just don't do it enough, Right it it it's to be honest with you it kind of ticks me off a little bit when we have a big weekend of racing out at Kansas Speedway and the people at our radio station don't give us two sentences about the race that happened out at Kansas Speedway that weekend it really just ticks me off but now they want to talk about Ross Chastain's move on the final lap at Martinsville Martinsville so um I guess that yep. I guess there's some positive out of that, right?
6: Yeah, you know, we we our, our old mantra, our old mantra and in in, uh, in whining about the media coverage of NASCAR is they only want to cover it when something bad happens. Right? You know, uh, Ross just forced everyone to cover it when something good happens. Yeah. And that's a big step. I mean, that's a that's a huge huge step and you know, just you you never know, you never know who's going to who's who's going to uh, whose interest is going to be peaked. There, there's nobody's interest is going to be piqued if no one ever hears of the sport. Um, you, Ross Chastain, you you never know who's going to maybe tune in for a little bit on Sunday afternoon and find something that they like there from Phoenix.
1: Yeah. Steve, who do you think is going to be the champion this year? Do, do, do you have a pulse on it? Uh, do you think Christopher Bell can do it? I know a lot of people are picking Joey Logano, uh, Chase Elliott, obviously a past champion. Um, can Ross Chastain win this championship, you think?
6: This is a fascinating quartet of people. So um, to, to kind of handicap this thing, the one that might be the most dangerous is the one we're not talking about is Chase Elliott. Right. Because he's Chase Elliott. Right. And it's Hendrick Motorsports. And it's Alan Dufthus and his crew chief. And two years ago, they went to Phoenix and did it together. Right. But to me, they're the biggest long shot. They just haven't had that speed and performance. The upside of Ross Chastain is that he's taken all of his money, He's taken all of Justin Mark's money. He's taken all of Pitbull's money. Mm -hmm. He's borrowed money from you, from Austin, from Kirk. He's borrowed money from me, and he's put it in the center of the table and said, I'm betting on myself. And he's playing with house money, nothing to lose, and he's talented enough to be dangerous. He has ran well the last five races. He has racked up a lot of points in the last five races. In fact, I think he's racked up more points in the last five races, which means he's consistently been at the front of the field. So there's there's the upside of Ross Chastain. Mm-hmm. The upside of Joey Logano is they have been sitting there for the last two weeks, and all of Team Penske is all focused on that one car, and they get a chance to practice on Friday afternoon for 50 minutes. They don't have to have the car and final setup. They get the car back. They can make they can they can make camber adjustments, caster adjust. They can make all the adjustments in the world. They qualify and they have had a game plan two weeks to put a game plan in place. And Paul Wolf on the pit box is really really good. That's the upside. That's the case for Joey Logano. The case for Christopher Bell is just look at the last four weeks. Must win situation. Adam Stevens will be a hall of fame crew chief already a two-time champion with kyle bush both times and when it comes time to win races you hang around at the beginning at the roval you hang around at the beginning in the middle of the race you sneak up there sniff around the top five and at the end of the race you look up and it's like man Christopher bell's leading this thing and checking out on everybody i can see them doing it on sunday so to your answer my pick is Christopher Bell? Is, is I just think that that, uh, and I think a lot of that is Adam Stevens is a great crew chief. He believes in his young race car driver, and his young race car driver Christopher Bell believes in Adam Stevens. So I, I kind of like Bell right now. But if I, if I if I'm going in another direction, Joey Logano because he's been honing away on that car is pretty good as well.
1: So before we let you go, Steve, I got to ask you about uh, Ty Gibbs and Brandon Jones knocking his teammate out of the way, crashing him. They were both in, uh, in into the final round. Why would Ty Dillon do anything like that? To be honest, I'm, that's, I, Ty Dillon, that's I, 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 Ty Gibbs, Ty Gibbs, yeah. yeah,
6: yeah, Ty Gibbs. Um, that boggles my mind because you're from a from a financial standpoint. Two cars running for an Xfinity Series championship is way better than one car. Yep. You know. So what are you doing? B. You don't wreck a teammate. That that is that is that is the, the first time somebody fielded a second car as a teammate. That became rule number one. I don't care what you guys do. Don't bring me back to wreck race cars. Right. Don't cause one wreck race car. Right. And Ty Gibbs violated that rule right off the top i cannot imagine what that race shop walking into that race shop on monday morning was like because you got the 19 guys over there that not only did he cost him a win everybody is on a bonus bracket per program mm-hmm. win the race you get bonus money qualify the top five make the round of make the round of uh make the, make the playoffs you get bonus money and so ty gibbs Single handedly, and I do believe it single handedly, because I feel bad for his crew members too. They're the ones that got to live on the shop floor. Right. With those nineteen guys, where your driver just took money out of their pockets. I mean, seriously, money out of their pocket. Yep. Okay, let's let's even take this a couple levels deeper. Okay. Brandon Jones, his father is timed into the ream company, which is one of the reasons Brandon Jones has had the opportunities. Right. Okay. What's, what's 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 the Ream sponsorship look like going forward? If I mean, it might be locked up now, but how does this work on that front? Okay, mm-hmm. let's, let's go a little further. Ty Gibbs wants to be a Cup Series driver. One of the very first tweets on Saturday afternoon, Denny Hamlin, we sure do miss J.D. J.D. Gibbs, who used to run the team. Right. You, so you've got your future Cup teammate, calling you and the entire management of Joe Gibbs Racing out right now. Yeah, It's a mess, Scott. That young man has created a big, big mess for his grandfather's company. A mess that impacts the 19 team, a mess that impacts the entire Xfinity Series program there, and a mess that impacts the entire Cup program over there. In one move, one 20-year-old young man took one of the mega teams and put it in an absolute position of chaos I can't fathom I can't fathom how that happened and and what in the wide world of sports was he thinking
1: yeah Uh, to move somebody is one thing but to dump somebody and back them into the wall that's a whole different deal and I can't imagine where Joe Gibbs um he's got to be in a tough spot right now with the family member doing it um I just I, I, I'd hate to have to be Joe Gibbs right now, to be honest with you.
6: Yeah, but Scott, we've seen this coming. You know, yeah, right. I mean, right. There, there's some degree where Coach Gibbs and, and Coy and people on that team have enabled this. You know, that's you, true. You'll be swerving at people on pit road and you get out of the race car and you get penalized. You say, I'll never do it again. I need to be more mature. I need to be this. You know, he's had a lot of dust up this year with a lot of different people. And every time he gets out of the car and says, I need to be more mature, I need to be more mature, I need to be more mature, you're going backward. Yep. Because the, 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 the boneheaded move on pit road a month ago was trumped by the boneheaded move up at Martinsville. Mm-hmm. You're not going forward. So, yes, there's part of me that does feel bad for Coach Gibbs. There's part of me that's like, there, there's a degree of this that's been enabled as well. Yep,
7: because
6: no you, you've not nipped it in the bud when it was a small problem earlier this year. And we had a second time it was a small problem, and a third time it was a small problem, and then a medium-sized problem, and then another medium-sized problem. Yep. And now we got a big problem, and you have yet to successfully nip it in the butt. And so I feel bad for the situation they're all in, but part of me is also like, y'all you, you y'all have kind of let this get out of hand yourselves, too.
1: Yep, no doubt. They should have nipped it in the butt a little bit earlier in the season. That's what they should have done. Yep, right. no doubt. No is doubt.
6: Because it – I can promise you it's a mess over there, and I don't know anybody. I know people on the team, and I don't talk to them uh, because I'm not getting in their business. I'll see some of them this weekend, and we'll right. probably roll our eyes at each other and, and and move on because I don't deal in the muck and the mire of that. But I'm telling you what, that situation over there is a big, big mess. It really truly is.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Hey, did you hear about the passing of Ted Bacon? Did you hear about that? Yeah, I
6: heard you talk about that a little bit earlier on, and I never met Ted. Um, I, I, I've talked to Brady, I think, one time about his a little bit of his family background and that. And the, the reality of it is, Scott, when when you, you spend, and, you, and you've spent a lot of time with Brady, mm-hmm. uh, I've spent a little time with Brady, y- you don't get what Brady has by accidents. You get it by coming from a good tree. You know, no a doubt. good family tree. And Brady's dad and Brady's granddad, Ted, you know, that, that that's good lineage. That's a good tree. Brady speaks volumes. The, the small amount of time I've talked, I uh, spent with Brady, I, I'm fairly confident his granddad was a really, really good man. A, uh, you know a great man because because like i said the apple don't fall far from the tree in so many instances and i think that's uh that's that's where uh sadden and and, and certainly for brady and and cc on and everyone uh thoughts and prayers as well with them um just a, another one of the iconic you know leaders of one of these families that is growing into into third generation and and name brand iconic family. Uh, you know, Ted's the one that got this whole thing started, and uh, you just—that's the, the patriarch of the, the patriarch of, of, of what's becoming racing dynasty. And and sadly, he's sadly he's passed away. So we're certainly uh, certainly thoughts and prayers are with with everyone in the family for sure.
1: No doubt about it. Ted was a good man. I got to know him for many years, traveling up and down the road with uh, Brady and their family. I know that Leon and Kelly and. Brady and Ceciana and their whole family are, are, are mourning the loss right now of Ted. He was just a, such a good guy. Steve, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Wednesdays. We always appreciate it. Thanks so much for doing so. And uh, again, uh, Steve's appearance has been brought to you by Sage Fruit. We want to thank those guys for allowing Steve to come over here and be a part of the show. We'll talk to you next week. All right, bud.
6: We'll have a lot to talk about next week, Scott. Not like we didn't today, but uh, we will. Looking forward to it.
1: All right. Thank you, Steve. There you you have it. Steve Post, the Postman, joining us here on Mostly Motorsports. Um, I think we'll just wrap up the show right here. That was an interesting conversation um, about not only uh, uh, Ty Gibbs. Uh, Listen. The kid is kind of a little bit of a knucklehead, to be honest with you. He wants to fight. He wants to throw down. And uh, Coach Joe Gibbs better do something real quick to get him settled down in uh, the world of NASCAR. So there you have it, folks. Today's Mostly Motorsports has been brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works for Austin O'Neill, for my partner Kirk Elliott. I'm Scott Trailer. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow on the show, Matt Ward is going to join us and we're going to talk about um, the Chili Bowl at, uh, that's coming up here before too much longer. So we're going to do that and we'll talk to Matt Ward tomorrow right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. See you tomorrow.